I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the furnace of the US Open. Simon Briggs of The Telegraph is alongside me, David Law, here on the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with our partners, The Telegraph and Amazon Prime Video UK, the home of the US Open here in the UK, where Catherine Whittaker isn't with us on the podcast tonight because she has been presenting under the lights for about the last seven hours outside while Simon and I have been in the air-conditioned commentary box and media centre, respectively. It's the better end of the deal for once, isn't it, not to be outside. It's beautifully blue skies and sunny and all that, but we're sitting outside now. But even now, 20 to 7 in the evening, it is like having a hairdryer blowing on you and and the, the humidity today has just caused so many problems for people yeah it's been uh, pretty intense but i've been sat inside now i think i kind of I, I earned my spurs in melbourne when i set out for the whole of the basilashvili edmund match and, and catherine couldn't believe i'd be so stupid um <laughs> but here there's no opportunity i mean i don't want we don't want to go into it because people aren't that interested in our daily routines but it, there's You'd be so, surprised. There's so many storylines going on, and we're five hours behind. So for me and my colleagues, you, you go to a, a court, and because your deadline is approaching on you like an onrushing train, you're in danger of missing something dramatic happening on another, on another court. It gets easier as the tournament goes on, because then you've only got a few, uh, you know, two or three matches that are really newsworthy. But you know, in these early couple of days, it's been utterly intense. So there's actually been no alternative for us but to really spend most of the time indoors, where we can watch multiple storylines play out on screens. This morning, I got onto the bus, and and it literally parks in front of our hotel. So I didn't even have to go outside really to get on the bus. And it was only when I was talking to one of our colleagues, Paul Newman, on on the bus, and he said to me, "Crikey, it's so hot today." And I thought. Is it? I've not, I haven't been outside, so I don't know. And then I had the little walk into the tennis straight after that, and I did walk and try to just breathe normally. And I thought, I don't feel like I can really breathe properly. It's that it, and I described it as a claustrophobic feeling, as though you don't really have oxygen in the air at all. And and the thought at that point, with the with the sun beating down on us as well. I mean, at least now the sun is down and we're in the shade. The thought of running about in it. 
the thought of playing intense professional sport in it, of making, as Andy Murray once said to me, the, 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 the hard bit is making the decisions on the run constantly. Mm. The stress that puts on you. I mean, we've, we've seen people flaking out after a set and a bit, and I think we should start with Novak Djokovic because he managed to get through today in four sets against Martin Fucevic, which I personally conclude ultimately is another fantastic statement for Novak Djokovic because it reminded me of him three years ago going through this almost soap opera of, of on-court emotion and, and upset and treatment and, and then recovery and, and, and ultimately winning through. But at the start of set two, his demeanour compared to when he walked onto the court, it was so different. And that is in the space of 39 minutes. He came onto the court smiling. He looked happy to be back. He was talking about happy to be back. After 39 minutes and having won the first set 6-4, he was, he was soaking wet. He was red-faced. He, he looked as though he was sort of delirious and almost, almost like a sloth, just sagging back in his chair and, and, and half asleep um, I, I don't quite know what comes over him but it's like he becomes morose when he's <laughs> really affected by the heat in that way and I, I felt really uncomfortable watching it Well he called for somebody to bring him a bin and put it by the side of his chair because he was going to throw up, I mean he, did, he didn't actually throw up he called the doctor on um, and he took a tablet which I, I, I haven't seen any quotes but I assume it might have been an anti-nausea tablet um, just rewinding let's just say uh, kudos to anyone who played here today and made it through their match uh, we salute you I mean it, it is utterly insane out here uh, in the case of Novak doubly so because it's incredible that these people are getting through matches in the first place but the most unbelievable thing is when they start to decline and they go into that place where they're maybe having breathing problems or palpitations or dizziness whatever the symptoms are they're all individual it's the people who come through out, out the other end you know while playing tennis that does my head in uh Novak did it today you very rarely see people come back and regather their strength because usually if you're playing <laughs> And the guys on the other side, or the woman on the other side, is deliberately trying to make you run. There's no way back. I remember Andy Murray managed to survive here a few years ago against Feliciano Lopez, didn't he? In a weird match in which he was doing these kind of uh, modern dance moves because he was getting these weird uh, tweaks and twinges in his forearms, and he was he was kind of standing like a stork at times, like he was doing Tai Chi, <laughs> as different parts of his body were, were seizing up unpredictably, and he managed to get through it. You know. And uh, maybe that's one reason why those two are part of the big four, because they do things that they, uh, sh humanly should not be possible. And just to give an indication of how severe it became, we got word, actually initially through Darren Cahill on ESPN, they, they'd received word that uh, there was going to be a heat rule brought in to the men's matches whereby there was going to be a 10-minute break after set three if it was two sets to one to somebody. Now that's just a completely new rule. It had never happened before. It just seems as though it just been decided unilaterally by the USTA. We're going to we're going to bring this in because this is ridiculous. Personally, I, I applaud that because there was no committees. There was no big oh we, we yeah we'll look at that after the event. It was actually these conditions are ridiculous, and we need to help the the players a bit here. And 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 they did it. Yeah, I mean the US Open have got a bit of a reputation now for going their own way they've done it with shot clocks they've done it with uh, coaching from the sidelines which most people don't really like 
But absolutely, I'm with you. I think a uh, great call today. Um, really excellent decision and, and uh, a courageous one to some extent to be prepared to, to just do what you think is right and not worry about the fact that it, it was unprecedented. And also gave ride, rise to the best quote of the tournament to date, wasn't it? If we can fast forward to the moment when Novak had recovered and spoke in his on-court interview and he said that he'd gone off and he and uh, uh, Marton Fucevic had been naked in the ice baths side by side for their 10 minute uh, interval and it had been a magnificent feeling <laughs> yeah it was a great moment and actually Djokovic's demeanour was back then to what it was at the start of the match all jovial and he seemed to have recovered now some people over the last few years have got very annoyed certainly in the British media we've all debated it long and hard lots of British tennis fans have often complained and said Novak Djokovic you know he, he, he puts it on he's always making out that he's at death's door and then suddenly he's alright again and he's winning these matches to my mind he's just made differently to Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer who don't want to give away anything they don't want to show anybody how bad they might be feeling out there and, and they, they are no doubt feeling badly in Djokovic's case, he, he can't do that. He cannot just pull the shutters up. And actually, if you think back over the past couple of years, when he has been a little bit listless and there hasn't been a reaction to external factors, that's when he's been half the player. And that's the player that I think we've been missing. To me, this is him, again, proving that he's back to what he was because he... He was feeling utterly atrocious out there. There was no exaggerating about it, but he was he was not going to try and hide it either. And he came through. And I just find that ability to weather it. You mentioned, you said it just now. Maybe that's what separates the big four. I would say the big five because Stan Wawrinka is another one who can just come through these situations. Yeah, there was no tactical benefit in it today, was there? Because he won the first set, and then, I mean, if I had a Hawkeye to hand, I'd calculate what the speed of his ground strokes were in that sort of flat 40 minutes let's say when he lost the second set and went a breakdown in the third because there was nothing on the ball was there and, and Fuchovic could do whatever he wanted really for that period uh, and was, was, was really enjoying it in a way because he felt that he was able to dominate even though he was suffering and going red in the face himself he, he, his, uh, you know, the, the excitement of being in a position to dominate and, and boss Novak Djokovic around kept him going and, and kept him buzzing around like a you know, kind of bunny rabbit he was he was he was a Duracell bunny in that period and uh, he was dominating so there, were, there was no benefit uh, the famous instance that we all remember was the one when Andy Murray said that he'd been distracted by Novak in the final of the Australian Open uh, 2015 something like that yeah um, which was a, a different you know different scenario which is you know long in the past now but clearly uh, there was a, a moment when Novak picked it up at the end of the third set after they had the doctor interval uh, sorry the doctor um, appearance and, and the pill and then he, he, he gave his huge uh, celebration at the end of the third set having gone in to the break 2-1 up and uh, he, he was he was red in the face he was he was cheering in a way that, that reminded you of all those times when he ripped his shirt off he, yeah he, I loved that he couldn't quite rip his shirt off because he hadn't won the match yet but if, <laughs> if, if it uh, had been a three-setter he would have done so and this is the thing all of the little 
idiosyncrasies of Novak Djokovic, all the ticks are there now. They're back. You know, the the roaring in that guttural way where he's where there's no thought to, to how it might look. This is just how I feel. And he does the same in terms of his the, the, the rather dramatic look on his face when he when he's suffering. You know, it's it's all comes comes flooding out of him. Um, and, and I don't know, I just I just think he, he it's a huge win and I tell you it fooled me because in that second set I thought he was done I, I, I thought he was not coming back from this big physically and he just weathered it he managed to get over that storm he got the treatment on he managed to get whatever salts he needed and just find a little bit of zen I feel to, to, to eventually get to a point where his opponent started to feel worse than he did and, uh, and, and that was the job done and the, you know we've seen Djokovic win titles Grand Slam titles following matches like this in the early rounds remember the Gilles Simon struggle he had at the, the Australian Open a few years ago when he was hitting error after error and it was four hours plus but he won the title you know and sometimes that does happen now while that was going on Simon Johanna Conta was going out pretty feebly 6-2 6-2 her opponent was brilliant I thought Caroline Garcia but that was a that was a, a rough scoreline for Conta she was never in it and, and you've just we've just had her in the press conference yeah, well, one of the key stats was she served 53%, and in a way, that almost flatters her, because it, was, it wasn't even as if the 53% that were landing were actually very effective, um, of her first serves, I mean. And Garcia's one comment you know, on the match was, uh, I found it a lot easier to read her serve than I had in our previous meetings. Um, you know, people have said, I'm not a strong enough technical analyst to be able to comment on this, really, but the people have said to me the serve action is not as fluid as it was last year. Uh, that would seem to be borne out by the results. We just had a bit of a frosty press conference. Uh, um, I asked her about the slams this year because she's won one match in Melbourne, one match at Wimbledon and had two first-round exits. So two wins, put that against 12 wins in the slams last year and nine in 2016 is a big difference. She said, well, you know, I played put and saver in Paris. She made quarters. Uh, I played Sybil Cova in Wimbledon. She played. She made quarters, and I played world number six today. So, you know, I'm playing good players, and they're on their form. But there was a point when people were talking about Johanna Conta in that way, and that's not the case anymore. Yeah, it, it was. She look, understandably to some degree, she was defensive about it because she's not going through the greatest of times at the moment, and I think it it must be hard to take for her. She she doesn't like it. She doesn't like losing. And uh, I found the most interesting bit of the press conference at the end when a couple of your colleagues were asking her about Michael Joyce and the relationship there and, and uh, how she felt it was going, what she felt it might still give her as a relationship. And I just felt one of her answers about how low she'd been at the end of last year, how, what a low ebb she'd been and how he came on board and and she brought him on board to try to pick her up and just make her feel better about life, about tennis again, and that he'd achieved in that regard. But results-wise, there have been moments where it's looked promising or there have been performances that have made you think, yes, she's, she's on her way back here. But I found Judy Murray in our commentary on BBC Radio absolutely fascinating in that she said she really has to go back to what she used to be able to do, which is to find some sort of plan B 
because at the moment everybody's reading her game now in a way that they didn't used to be able to because obviously they didn't know her as well um she uh, she's not serving as well as she used to but she needs to be able to go back to basics a little bit and and develop an ability to handle different types of ball in the way that garcia was today and impart different i guess spins on a ball rather than just trying to hit the ball as hard as she possibly can well she uh, was asked this in in paris wasn't she and she said very clearly there's no plan b to the way i play um, I mean, I, I remember talking to another coach who said that all this stuff about her sort of mental state and freezing and stuff was really actually barking at the wrong tree. And she just has to become a better tennis player because um, she maybe stopped developing. She she reached um, an excellent level, and her ground strokes are flat. They're fast. They're accurate. They're strong, but she just didn't keep on adding new elements to her game so she's not she's not great at coming to the net is she and and she doesn't um particularly use a slice in defense so um those are areas that where her opponents who you know we saw garcia but garcia is actually about as versatile as they come isn't she i mean she really is a absolute model for the French kind of all-court style. The French almost always play beautiful tennis. She was up there um, playing all-court tennis and it was it was just too much for the Conda to cope with. It was yeah, a bit demoralisingly one-sided because you felt coming in that maybe Conta could give her a bit of a rough ride and, and that there was no pressure on Conta really. She wasn't um, expected to do that much but didn't work out. No, really didn't work out. Will it work out for Andy Murray tomorrow, do you think? He's second on on the Arthrash Stadium court, so he's got, he's got this fantastic opportunity to at least play on, on the biggest stage of them all, the Arthrash Stadium court. But my goodness, he's got a tough matchup in Fernando Vadasco, and he's going to have it in another day like this. I mean, we're expecting similar sorts of heat. That is the afternoon. It's going to be what? two in the afternoon here something like that when he plays that match against an absolute bull of a man with a lasso forehand that is I don't know I, I mean the the head-to-head record Catherine was talking on the podcast last night about how Andy Murray's putting a lot of faith and a lot of stock in the fact that he's got this really lopsided head-to-head against Fernando Velasco about 13-1 or something like that I don't can't exactly remember 31. what it 13-1 um what, what do you think I mean I think Velasco's the favorites and quite heavily so Oh, yeah, I think in any logical world, Vadasco wins the match. But, I mean, tennis isn't always logical. Uh, I mean, Murray was playing down his chances uh, yesterday and again today. He went on ESPN. I watched a little interview with Patrick McEnroe uh, and the gang. And, again, he was saying, look, uh, I may have beaten James Duckworth, but uh, I'm, I'm still not you know, expecting to be a factor in this tournament. So he was, uh, he was just making sure that people didn't think he was getting carried away. Oh, I don't think he would be. Um, apparently it's going to be even worse tomorrow that's what uh, Chris Widmeyer the head of, of, of the uh, media here said in, in a briefing about their, their, their heat policy apparently it's going to be even more brutal and I, I've got no idea how that's going to affect things I mean it will make Vadasco's power game even even faster and, and, and more the, the, the top spin forehand is going to leap up even in more of a throat seeking kind of trajectory well, I mean does that, is Andy, I imagine, is still extremely aerobically fit. But 
it's very hard to say, particularly with those conditions, how it's going to play out. Yeah, well, we're just watching Marcus Bagdatis at the moment walking past us limping with cramp. I mean, there's a guy who's been around for the last 12, 13 years at the top of the game, and, uh, yeah, he's seen it all before. Everybody's suffering with this heat. The thought that it is going to be worse tomorrow. I can't really imagine that. I mean, I've been coming here a long time, and I remember a couple of days over the years that have felt similar to today, but I certainly don't remember anything more than today in terms of heat and humidity and just that feeling that I would hate to have to play sport in this. Well, the world is getting hotter, isn't it, if you believe 98% of the (laughs) experts on the subject. Um, It does feel like every year we... uh, we see more extremes um in fact i spoke to petkovic he said yeah even at wimbledon even in the english summer there was a heat wave there is an argument actually for for saying you know what between like almost having like a siesta between the the hours of one and five we're not playing any tennis at all we've got 20 courts here they've all got floodlights let's start at five in the afternoon and just have a festival of night session tennis if it gets this unpleasant well you don't even have to do that do you You just have to get everybody off the courts apart from the stadiums and you can keep keep going with the roof closed yeah and and that's the thing then you've still got your tv matches to to keep you going through the day session right we've solved that (laughs) no i i think if it's worse than today absolutely i don't think they should play i mean barankis who was one of the retirees today said it it, they they should have cancelled i mean you can understand that's a self-interested argument but it's not it's not clear cut that they should have played today and if it's worse then I would say don't. I wonder if they will, I mean they've, they've made this sweeping decision very quickly today, I wonder if they will just think you know what, this is crazy let's just change things, it, given that we've got TV courts covered now, it's not like it used to be whereby if you stopped play everywhere then TV just hadn't got anything to show I don't really know how they're going to um, make their decision, but... They'd have to make it very quickly, that's the other thing, yeah. because they've got to get everybody ready, but it's probably not going to happen. We'll wait, we'll wait and watch with interest. Simon, you go and get your bus. I'm going to come back on at the end of the night session because there's a lot still to come. As I speak to you now, we've still got Roger Federer, Maria Sharapova, um, uh, and Nick Kyrgios due to come onto the court. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll update you on all that in a little bit, Simon. Uh, what, are you going to, what have you written about today? What's the main story? Um, well, they ended up being Conte. In the first edition, it was sort of a mixture of different stuff, including uh, Andy's uh, sushi for breakfast, which sounds like an absolutely horrendous idea, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, I, I was, you know, seven hours of rehab is bad enough, but sushi for breakfast, much, much worse. <laughs> Go on, go and get your bus. See you later. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So a few hours later and all done and dusted for the day, I'm now in the Five Live commentary box overlooking the Arthur Ashe Stadium, which actually has the roof on right now. It's it's quite a strange sight seeing the roof pulled on with the lights still on and otherwise the place is utterly deserted apart from people just tidying up all the litter that has been uh, strewn about the place following the night session here in which Roger Federer has made his first appearance. He was wearing an all sort of... I'm trying to wear out what was the colour does anybody know out there what was the colour Roger Federer was wearing I, I initially called it all red because he'd got sort of red shoes socks shirt shorts the lot headband and then I thought well it's not really red uh, somebody called it maroon but I, I don't know what colour was Roger Federer wearing today anyway at tennis podcast let me know uh, his tennis was pretty good he won in straight sets and was never troubled perfect kind of match for Roger Federer no troubles whatsoever and uh, so he's through to the second round there was a moment when I did wonder whether the the third round match that we're all waiting for against Nick Kyrgios might not happen because Kyrgios dropped the second set against Albot of uh, Moldova before finally coming through but Kyrgios pretty decent in sets three and four and uh, you'd still expect that that match is likely to happen federal will play benoit pair next we've just had an absolutely cracking end to the match between maria sharapova and uh, patty schneider sharapova was up uh, six one no six two five one it was uh, and then schneider who's 39 years of age and who got to the quarterfinals here 20 years ago and then again 10 years ago and then retired and then has come back and started playing tennis again the last two years and qualified here well she suddenly started mounting this incredible fight back broke back twice the crowd on the louis armstrong court were loving it and uh Sharapova was pretty nervy at the end but you know what she does when she gets nervous she just goes for it so she just started hitting out and uh managed to win the match so Sharapova goes through madison keys was a winner tonight as well uh anything else i've missed we talked about Novak Djokovic with Simon earlier. We talked about Johanna Konta. Let's have a look at the order of play for tomorrow. We mentioned Andy Murray. He is second up on the Arthur Ashe Stadium court against Fernando Verasco. Uh, before that, it is Sloan Stevens against Kalinina Ahalina, who's somebody I don't know from Ukraine. So that'll be quite interesting. Um, 
We also have on the Louis Armstrong court, Tatiana Maria against Alina Svitolina, with Venus Williams following that against Camilla Giorgi. My goodness, they're going to be hitting the ball hard, those two. One Martin Del Potro after that against Dennis Kudler, and uh, some other matches on the day session in which it is expected to be brutally hot again. And incidentally, this roof on right now, apparently... They think that this might cool down the ambient temperature in the Arthur Ashe Stadium Court. I just, I don't see how that works. Yes, it might cool it down now, so when I have a nice walk home to the bus, it might be nice and cool. But by the time they open this roof again tomorrow morning and start playing tennis, it's going to be steaming hot. So I don't see how it makes much difference, unless they're actually planning to keep this roof closed. Anyway, I digress. Stan Wawrinka is up first on the Grandstand Court tomorrow. Uh, Yulia Gerges against Ekaterina Makarova um, and there was also one other match of real note uh, first up on court 10 uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas against Daniel Medvedev now I don't know whether anybody remembers this but they almost came to blows uh, late last year or earlier this year they had a big row uh, at the end of, on match point and uh, yeah it got very tense and, and lots of aggro so I loved it um, on that court as well a couple of matches later is Cameron Norrie against Dusan Lajevic I suspect that's going to be a really brutal match as well both of those two are quite happy to dig in and I mean Court 17, Victoria Azarenka is playing Daria Gavrilova. Dominic Team is out there against Steve Johnson. Kevin Anderson's playing there. So there's loads and loads of good matches. The evening session on the Arthur Ashe Stadium court is Serena Williams against Karina Witoff to Germany. Rafael Nadal follows that against Vasek Pospisil. And then on the Louis Armstrong court, where they're doing proper evening sessions these days. So they, they do them in tandem. Uh, we've got Jack Sock against Nicholas Baslashvili. And then Gabinia Magarutha is playing after that so that just about wraps it up i'm going to go and catch the bus uh, this has been the tennis podcast brought to you in association with the telegraph and amazon prime video uk the home of the us open in the uk just a quick note on on amazon's coverage they've obviously been going for a couple of days now i i've we've heard a lot from from our listeners over the last couple of days about one or two things that that, that you've not been happy with in terms of the the the, the prime coverage in terms of the the on-demand matches and the number of courts covered i know for a fact that they are hearing the things that you're saying so then they're intending to try to improve them so hopefully over the next couple of days you, you'll see some some notable improvements um and uh, just keep your eyes peeled for those but uh, yeah i hope hope for your sake that you you can enjoy the tennis the way you'd want to over the next few days but uh catherine will be back presenting for them she's doing an amazing job i have to say i've, I've been watching a bit of the coverage tonight i know i'm biased you know she's my podcast uh, co-host but she is brilliant and she she's doing a great job and uh, we will be back with another tennis podcast tomorrow maybe she'll be on if we can uh, if we can get her on but it is going to be brutally hot again tomorrow so uh, we'll, we'll all have to have our ice vests i don't have an ice vest so i'm going to have to go and make one uh, i don't know whether i don't i don't know whether that's even possible but i'm going to try and get a vest stuff it with ice and wear it there we are i've, I've got an ice vest um our executive producers are melanie bows triple s and tennisballs.com our mascot is charlie the ferret we're sponsored by la manga club Farewell, good night. See you tomorrow. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.